Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including Lafayette and Lake Charles, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum at b1bank.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Social on Johnson Street in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Professor of Finance and Director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch Acadiana. Acadiana is known for entertainment. If you don't play in a band yourself, someone in your family almost certainly does. There's music everywhere from small house parties to giant festivals. But there's more to life than music, like, for example, comedy. There's a particular genre of Cajun comedy, typified by our friend Boudreaux. Boudreaux usually appears to be a naive country boy at the beginning of the joke, but in the end gets the last laugh. And over the years, there's actually been a few notable Cajun comedians. What Acadiana has not enjoyed is a comedy culture. There haven't been comedy clubs or a place where visiting stand-up comedians on a national tour could perform until the recent advent of a business called Lafayette Comedy. The founder of Lafayette Comedy is Jason Leonard. Jason is also the founder of the Louisiana Beard and Facial Hair Association. He's a... Uh, he does have a beard, uh, which I didn't know about, but I'm going to enroll my uh, sister in it. Boom! <laughs> hey, there's a... That's comedy, right? <laughs> Jason, welcome out to lunch. Thank you very much. Now, if you're going to make a living as a comedian in Acadiana, you're either going to have very meager needs or a few other skills to supplement your income. Robert Harris is a comedian. He's also an artist, a recording artist, event poster designer, playwright, performing artist, and voice actor specializing in Cajun accents. On top of that, he has a gallery in downtown Lafayette where he sells his artwork. And he's royalty, King Rob. King Rob, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you, welcome. We generally have three guests on Out to Lunch, so I was thinking, who could we invite to join these two who use a laugh? How about someone who spends all day teaching people how to shoot, bust a meth lab without blowing themselves up, get into a hostage location through the roof, use a taser, repel out of a helicopter, and react to all kinds of threats of violence. That would be Joey Como. Joey is founder and CEO of the Cover Six Training Academy in Church Point. Joey, welcomed out to lunch. Thank you, thanks for having us. <laughs> I actually think you're all gonna like each other, and it seems weird, so, but yeah. yeah. Now Jason, you've almost single-handedly created a comedy industry in Lafayette. You've gotten local and visiting comedians, including some pretty impressive names, into uh, JP's Bar, the Jefferson Street Pub, uh, Night Town, Feed and Seed, Poets, and Artmosphere. You've recorded a live album of Louisiana comedians, and you've managed to get weekly columns about the comedy scene into the Times of Acadiana and the Daily Advertiser. You're a comedian yourself. Did you do all of this to get gigs, or are you really a promoter who just happens to be funny? No, it was actually the, the flip-flop. I did music for 14 years, and um, I was in up, the band I was in was on a, hi, a hiatus. Yeah. So I was booking for a bar, and I met uh, another guy in New Orleans, 
who ran another beard group and who was a comedian. <laughs> you know, nature just finds its way. And so he said, if you're ever interested in booking some comedy, let me know. I brought it to the bar because music wasn't doing well. And we started a monthly Wednesday night show. And it took off. And I wasn't even there for like the first three or four of them. I was just booking it. Yeah. And one day I was like, well, let me go. And I've always, since I was a kid, I had very, my parents had a very inappropriate parenting style. I watched whatever <laughs> I want. So I remember like being two, three, four, watching all the Cheech and Chongs and Richard <laughs> Friars and all that. So I've always had a love for stand-up comedy, and but never thought of pursuing it. Never. Just in Lafayette, there was really no place. Right. Uh, and so one night I said, I'll, I'll get up and do the open mic. And uh, I did it the first time, and it I went great. I did it again the next week, and then it just kind of snowballed until I knew enough people from Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Houston, Austin, and then the show became popular, and so we started a weekly show. And actually, we canceled all the music and just started comedy every every week. Wow. Uh, and then it kind of snowballed into other bars and different shows, monthly shows, and, and now, then the national. Most people say doing stand-up is about to most people, the scariest thing they could ever think of do. It's it's weird. It's, it was a lot more intimidating than music. Cause even you know, if you're a duo, you still got another person, and you're yeah. playing a guitar, right. and you're back. You can be background music. You can be a live jukebox. But when it's comedy, it's you, you and a mic, stool, and, that and mic, that's yep. it. Because you can't really talk in the comedy if you're in the audience. You have to listen. So if you're on the stage, you've got to you've got to win them over. If not, you're just gonna well, you know you know eat it. As you combine say. the two, the facial hair like jokes like. Uh, I didn't like the beard at first, but now it's growing on me. It, I mean, who could stop that kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we don't do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it, it kind of, my stuff is very personal. Um, oh, the you jokes know, you tell. The jokes I tell. So it kind of goes off of what I look like, my wife, my kids. Um, the only thing I don't bring into it is my day job. I keep that separate. I'm in education. I don't do any jokes about education. It's just something Are weird. Are you funny in the classroom? I was, yeah. I'm in. I work with administration okay. now, so. <laughs> Uh, so I kept, I'll just some reason that stayed out the, um, stayed off the stage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'll just, whatever it is, whether it's something I heard, driving, what I look like. But I like very self-deprecating humor. That works best. Now, King Rob, we mentioned Cajun accents. Um, uh, do you do them for, like, movies or TV or what? I did, what did some TV movie stuff and uh, commercials, things like that. I was a spokesperson for... Craft back in 1986, 87 for a product called Making Cage, and I was their national spokesperson. Really? Yeah, but I didn't use an. I didn't think I had an accent. I just, <laughs> I just talked like this, and it came up. In a small market like this, um, is it is it tough? You have to do a lot of different routines because uh, everybody's already seen you. Things like that. Uh, yeah, that's our biggest struggle. Is that um, with our local scene? Uh, we have a very small pool of comedians. So we do like open mic, kind of like what you do for bands. So comedy, that drives a lot, that builds your scene. Um, so when people come out to shows, they see pretty much the same comedian. So you always have like your open mic and your headliner feature. So one place we have to switch around where we do like two or three comedians and your headliner, a good chunk of hour, and they're like comedians from out of town. And then you have your open mic. That way they're not seeing the same people doing the same joke because some people just say the same jokes months, years, and it's, you know, when you can, when someone gets on stage and you know, I know every joke that person's going to do, it's time to change it up. So you, you know, gotta, you gotta flip flop. I was it. in Vegas and I went to go see Rita Rudner and I didn't understand the mechanics. She was saying she, she's in Las Vegas because different crowds come through there, you know, yeah. and you can use the same material. Yeah, you, yeah they do. Some people stay on the same show performance. It doesn't change for months, for years because it's a high turnover. Um, New Orleans, the shows, 
tons of comedians over there, lots of people revolving through, yeah. you can get away with that. But in smaller markets, you either have to be on your toes or you have to kind of fill it in another way. Or steal no. good material. Or steal good material, yeah. yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. There's yeah, uh, no. borrowing. I, yeah. I never plan. I just I look hope at the people and I know people and I just kind of yeah, rag on I hope you, you don't reach. go to hell for that because that would be, uh, we'd all be there. Now, now Joey, there's nothing <laughs> funny about cover six. In fact, there probably couldn't be anything more serious than having a well-trained tactical response unit at times of crisis where innocent lives are in the balance. I would think most of us are under the impression that this is the kind of education, especially selected soldiers and cops get as part of advanced training in the military or other forces. I wasn't aware that the police and military outsource this to private enterprise. I understand that Cover 6 is in fact a combination of private and public functioning. How does that work? It, it is. First of all, it's ironic that I'm sitting here with two comedians <laughs> because... <laughs> no, <it's not. laughs> this is my producer's I, idea of a I, joke. I, I have no problem kicking in doors, uh, searching <laughs> for drug houses, and teaching people what to do, dodging bullets, but I'm more scared to do what they do than what I do. And if I, I, and I, I these guys say things like last night, yeah. last night I killed. And when you say that, you actually killed at. people, which is <laughs> right. great. <laughs> <laughs> if I tell you, I'd have to kill you, but <laughs> I, I just couldn't do what they do. Um, That's yeah, scary. It is. It's, yeah, it's yep. more scary to me than anything else. And I bet you guys couldn't do the other side. Oh, I would like to try. You like to try? I would like to try. Only on the game. Only on the game. It is though. It's grown with all the national attention of active shooter going on across the country. Local law enforcement just didn't have the resources to teach hospitals, private companies, even all field companies. Hey, what do we do if somebody comes back to our facility to retaliate for different different reasons? Whether it's a disgruntled employee, domestic disturbance, or a patient who just didn't like the way they were treated in a hospital. So they started reaching out to us and said, what do we do? So we had to build a curriculum to teach them. So I went out and hired the best law enforcement and military guys that I could and said, okay, we need to implement this into a hospital setting and what do we teach them? So we teach them what to look for, what to do if it happens, what to do after it happens, and, and the whole nine And you've yards. got a facility that sort of mimics all these We do, scenarios. we have a 75,000 square foot uh, building in Church Point that we have a mock hospital inside. So we can take your staff, once we've trained you in your hospital or your building, and take you in and we actually do live firing inside the building. So you get that real experience of a gunfire. That and how to barricade. Man, the, uh, now, uh, can anybody come in for training or do you have to be like sponsored by the police? No, the anybody can come in. Anybody calls us, they get on our website. We're getting calls from across the country right now. There's only about four companies in the country that do what we do. We're the only one doing hospitals that matches DHH's recommendations. So we're getting calls from across the country saying, when can you come? And you mentioned an oil field. Like, you know, yes. some of these places, once a guy told me from one of the boat companies go, Peter, they're not drilling for oil in Paris. You know, there's a, these are some tough places. Well, they are, and even here, you, you get a company um, that had an employee that was making $15,000 a month, and now he's unemployed, or now he's making barely any money, so he's upset. And when money runs out, things get tough, sometimes they go back to their employer, and they want retaliation. So we're teaching them what to do and what to look for if that happens. Wow. That, and how long have you been in business? We've been in business since December of 2014. Um, and we, there's no stopping us now. We're, we're growing at, uh, we're probably booked till the next six months before I can take any new customers on. And are you gonna, when you grow, are you going to do it all out of Church Point or do you think you'll have multiple locations? We're hoping to build a franchise and go out across the country just to build, because we're spread so thin already. Uh, we have eight trainers already and we need about 10 more. 
Wow. Now, um, what are some of the other scenarios? I mean, what I was thinking about is how do you define success, really? Is, is that you come into a spot and you are able to hold down the shooter and nobody gets hurt? I mean, how, what, do you, what do you... We define success when we teach a hospital or a company what to do. And when we leave there, they say, you know what, we're more prepared now than we ever knew. We didn't know the threats that could happen. We didn't know. And it used to be if it happens to us. Now it's when it's going to happen. Yeah, there have been more incidents in Lafayette here alone that you don't know about because they're not publicized. So we all think of the terrible uh, incidents at the theater, but there's Correct. plenty of others. There's been some before and there's been some after. Wow. That just do not make it into the public for professional reasons. So we go in and we teach them and, and we show them what to do if it happens. I'm like one of the, I'm sure listeners are thinking the same thing. I'm very impressed with your business. I think it's maybe kind of sad how strong your business is. It is. You know, we formed it based upon a need. There was a need for it, and a hospital first reached out to us and said, hey, can you help? And we had never even dreamed about going into the hospital field, and now it represents probably 80% of our business as hospitals across the country. Really? Uh, oil field companies, private companies, and a lot of city governments are calling saying, help us. Wow. Now, do you have, um, so you're in there, I, I keep thinking, uh, you know, you've, you've got the people that are tactically gonna gonna work through a problem, but you're also training people, what's gonna, like what do we do if it happens to us, I guess? Absolutely, yeah. we, we will train you right now if we were sitting in this restaurant, what, what, what would we do if a shooter walked in that door right now? Wow, I have not set that up by the way, that would be, that's beyond <laughs> public radio really. Flip the that's, table. Yeah, that's, <laughs> don't you do, you know, that's what the mob did, right? You turn the table over and. Right, and that's the old scenarios, get underneath the table. Yeah. The, the problem is you sit and wait to die. And now we teach you things that have never been taught before what successfully to do. We do that in the education. We do the same thing. We have lockdown procedures. Uh, and if it happens, if it's a lockdown procedure in the classroom, because a lot of the classrooms have windows, so you, you lock the door, every kid knows where they go, get out of sight, closets, you move furniture, even the front office staff, because they're the first people really? that usually get them, so they know lockdown, this closet, this closet. You, you try to make it where it's it's harder for that person to reach anyone and yeah it's and we do it twice a year and bring in like the sheriff's department and stuff like that rob what about art galleries they're usually a, a big big place for terrorist attacks so. i'm carrying right now you really that's so great him <laughs> in his artwork yeah. oh, oh you're right oh i'm sorry that yeah. i noticed the that easel <laughs> sticking out of your side there and i they, i'm just happy to see you but <laughs> boom <laughs> you know, great restaurant. You know, I wouldn't <laughs> want to flip the table over because the food's so good here. That yeah, would be, well, they bring more food if there's nothing <laughs> on the table. <laughs> now it's the time to do the checklist. It's a part of the show where we take a little break and ask you a quick question that you probably wouldn't find on a loan application. A little less businessy. I'm, I'm going to um, start with Jason. Uh, Jason, what part of your job gives you the most satisfaction? Uh, I guess from the, the, the comedy point is uh, being on stage and making an entire room of people most of them you don't know laugh and like just really laugh um and if i start laughing too because i kind of try to keep a little straight whatever right right uh if i start laughing because they're laughing then that's just a that's a perfect night for me and just to have someone at the end of the show like one where's your wife i can't believe you say that and two <laughs> and like if she's there she's you know like oh you can't believe is that true and it's like yeah it's just you're laughing in everyday things then that's that's the best part wow is that it, this wasn't one of the questions I was going to ask you, but what the worst case scenario, you're up there, and if after two or three jokes, nothing's working out. What do you do? Um, what do you, 
you either crawl on a ball and cry, um, <laughs> or you, you you turn that around and you're like, okay, guys, maybe we're not on board with that one, and you 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 kind of you play with it and you make them kind of laugh at you, them not laughing at you, and if you can get that, then you can usually get them back. But it's 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 great when you're up there, but when when you, when you bomb, it's the loneliest feeling in the world. And, and Jason, uh, you know, as you're developing this comedy culture here. Um, there's some people, there's a lot of people actually are kind of afraid to go to a comedy show because, you know, you can get kind of dragged in the act. Uh, yeah, um, we don't have that. Very few comedians we have will interact with the crowd as far as that, like picking on them. But if they do, they're doing it in a way that it's 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 fun. You okay. Know? And, and a lot of times they're good at reading the crowd, but it's not like, oh, we're just going to pick on you. Everyone has their material. Yeah. Crowd work depends. <laughs> okay. Feeling better already. Now, Joey... <laughs> Do uh, you have a favorite saying over there? Uh, we do. We do. Uh, we hope to market it and uh, get it patented. But our, our favorite saying is, when seconds count, the police are always minutes away. And what we mean by that is, wow, I don't think just because it happens doesn't mean law enforcement is going to be here the second it happens. So you have to be prepared to do what you have to do until they get here. Seconds count, police are always min minutes away. away. All right. Does anybody... You do bumper stickers, King? That's yeah. how <laughs> so we can kind of get that together. Now, we might, yeah, we can do all that stuff. <laughs> now, King Rob, what's the worst decision you've ever made? I had several. <laughs> they, all no they all involve automobiles. I wish I'd have kept every car I had as a kid. I had a 66 Galaxy 500 two-door hard top, black with red interior. I sold it. I bought it for $500 and sold it for seven. I had a 63 Corvette as a youngster, and I got rid of that. I had a 68 Mustang, I sold that. And a 58 uh, Chevrolet Apache truck, and I got rid of that. All stuff you buy for 100 bucks as a kid, Yeah. you know, I could have It'd double retired. It'd be worth retired. a lot. Well, it'd be worth more to drive them, because I try to find them on eBay, and that same 66 sells anywhere from 8000 to $40,000. I said, man, that'd be a nice little retirement if I'd had a garage somewhere. But I'm glad, you know, I'm glad you didn't make a lot of people make bad decisions on spouses and such. Mm -hmm. so you weren't, you didn't go that way. No, I did, I did pretty well. She, she really, uh, she married down, which is good. <laughs> and I'd be remiss if I didn't say your, your son is a, a pitcher at UL. You got to yep. be proud of that. We're pretty excited about that. that Baseball season's uh, just right. It's starting already, so we're ready. Oh, that, that's that's awesome. The, uh, Jason, one thing I, I was going to comment on on your your facial facial hair side of your business. First of all, a couple of years ago, I was in the airport in New Orleans. You must have had a National Convention of Facial Hair People? Yeah, it was uh, it 2013. Was yeah, um, yeah, it was uh, the Nationals they do at different cities. I can't, actually came in third in the nation that year in my category. Um, but I started the Louisiana Beard Facial Hair Association. Uh, it's a very big charity thing. So like all over the nation, it's all these beard clubs. Um, and it's just a way for hairy people to get together. <laughs> but um, <laughs> and, but it, it kind of broke that norm, that kind of like that stereotype. And so you'll see all different variations. Uh, and it's all about giving back. So uh, this this year will be our fourth annual. We do it here in Lafayette. Lafayette. Um, last year we had over 80 con contestants and over like 300 people in the audience. And all our proceeds from um, registration, uh, door cover, and all that goes to Healing House of Acadiana uh, here in Lafayette, which is uh, uh, they help um, uh, they help grieving children uh, who have lost parents and siblings oh, wow. uh, to death. And uh, I did it because I had a, a good friend of mine who's daughter was like two months younger than mine and he passed from a, a fight with brain cancer over 11 years and so when I was looking for a charity I wanted something here based independent not part of a bigger chain and it's been the best thing so last year we gave him over $3,500 and great. 
you know, you pay an electric bill, phone bill, uh, a note for a couple months, it's, it's worth it. And, uh, and it's a great cause. And, and the place they have set up, they have a house downtown where they do all the counseling sessions, and it's, it's, it's really amazing. And it's all done from hairy people. So it's uh, hairy people. Well, I, hairy I people. don't want to one up him, but I'm gonna have to because uh, I won second place on a cruise ship for hairy back and chest. <laughs> <laughs> you have it. It's okay. <laughs> Save the fur backs. But we yeah. have something in common, evidently, because uh, not the hair and the. But <laughs> I'm also doing something for the Healing House. They do oh, that nice. martini thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I designed their glasses this year. Oh, really? Martini glasses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, uh-huh. wow, it's a small oh my world. God, it is. And then you open for ZZ Top as part of the beard thing yeah. earlier. Oh. That's that's great. <laughs> so, so as the least hairiest person yes, here, yeah. What I'm hoping to do is maybe we could team up. Have y'all reached out to uh, Doug Dynasty crew? Uh, actually, kind of through a third person. Mm-hmm. One of the guys was uh, kind of independent, doing his own line. And they had hit us up uh, about a year, year and a half ago, but nothing really. So you fell got a connection through, over there? Well, yeah, I'd like to reach out to them to see if maybe we can get them in down here. Maybe something down. Cover Six can pay to yeah, get yeah. them down here and, and actually help promote the event. To yeah, the that'd Healing be great. House. Yeah, because we're all about. It. I mean, we don't we don't kick anyone out. We don't, we're not. It's we have uh, beard vendors. We have a guy who sold firewood. We had a person who was making like crochet stuff. We we take in the Kayla and Roller Girls. We take in uh, whoever wants to get involved because it's all about just building this charity. And we do it each year. We also help out the Steampunk Festival and have a contest there. And then we've done stuff out of town. So if anyone asks, hey, we're doing a benefit, come set up a booth, we do it. You know? You know what I like about a beard is that it's the one thing men can compliment each other on without sounding weird. It's like, you know, yeah. Yeah. if I told you your shoes look good with that outfit, that would be. But a but nice beard okay seems that. fun. Yeah. You'd yeah. be okay with that, we're too. Right with that. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, we're almost out of time. But before we go, though, because this is a show about business, we need to take business pretty seriously. I'd like to give each of you a chance to tell a joke. Who'd like to go first? Joey, you want to? I'm the least joke teller here, but, so, uh, but I'm uh, ready. I'm going through it. Uh, feeling good. <clears throat> Help him out. Okay. <laughs> so Boudreaux has a prize dog. Uh, it's his lab. He loves his dog. But his neighbors raise rabbits, and they keep warning him, do not let that dog jump across that fence. These are very expensive rabbits. So one day Boudreaux goes in the backyard, and sure enough, he's got a rabbit. Boudreaux panics. He doesn't know what to do. So he takes the rabbit away from the dog, washes it, cleans it, blow dries it, goes put it back in the kennel for the rabbit cage. He's sitting in his house waiting, nothing all night. Next morning he wakes up, neighbors have a slew of people outside. There's cars just lined up as far as the eye can see, and there's a priest outside just walking around. Spudro says, I, I gotta go see what's going on. So he walks up to the neighbor and he says, my God, what, what, what happened? He said, well, I don't know if you know, but we, we had a death in the family. Boudreaux says, oh, my goodness, you know, is everybody okay? He said, better than that, it's a miracle. He said, our, our favorite rabbit died last night. This morning, he's back in the kennel again. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I was going to make some rice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The, the amateur was really good, so let's go to the professionals. Um. <laughs> I won't do a joke like that. I'll just say, since this is about Katie Anna, uh, I've, I've said on stage before that uh, if you're a gynecologist from Lafayette and your business isn't on Hyman Boulevard, you've missed the boat on that one. So. <laughs> well, wouldn't Hyman be going by the time oh, you get to the uh, gynecologist? Oh, and our next guest <laughs> is King <laughs> Rob. I did mine. I did mine. I said add the rice. I, was, I got the <laughs> that rice. Was, yeah, that was, that was a joke it. into it. itself. The, uh, 
Oh my God, what's the old one? The uh, Moisha meets Saul and he says, Saul, I'm sorry. sorry, I heard about the fire. And Saul goes, shh, Thursday. <laughs> ah. uh, yeah. There we go. There's uh, the Thursday. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. This place needs symbols. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Jason Leonard, comedian and founder of Lafayette Comedy, King Rob, also known as Robert Harris, comedian and owner of King Rob and his court gallery, and Joey Como, the founder and CEO of Cover Six Training Academy. Thank you so much for joining me and taking the time to come out to, out to lunch. I Thank you. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having great. us. Thank you. Great. I, I, I knew this was going to work together. Now we're shaking hands. You can't see it on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> we're patting each other in the back. Five. I'm rubbing, I'm rubbing Jason's beard. Things are picking up. Oh, as long as you said beard. <laughs> it could have been two other B words, but I'm glad you went with beard. <laughs> you can find out more about Jason and King Rob's comedy in Joey's Academy by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our researcher is Dominic Lloyd. Our theme song, On Cool Monsieur Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. Our Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, Zach Barker from The Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escaday. Today's show is recorded live over lunch at Social Southern Table and Bar in Lafayette. Social is open six days a week for lunch and dinner with brunch on Sundays. If you want to know what we look like, and that's pretty funny too, you can find photos from the show on our website and Facebook page. <laughs> that would be a picture of King Rob. We don't, don't need these photos. We're taken today by Gwen Oquin. You can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. And you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's acadiana.com and krvs.org. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Khalid Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette has 290 sleeping rooms and 14,000 square feet of meeting space to accommodate groups from 10 to 500 for meetings, conferences, weddings, and high school reunions. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S. Providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com And by Business First Bank with locations throughout the state including Lafayette and Lake Charles. Providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum at B1Bank.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette.